I hear it in the spirit. The best is yet to come for this nation. The best is yet to come. We haven't seen anything yet because it's only the tip of the iceberg and God is going to shower himself over this nation and we are going to be partakers of the greatest revival in history. I believe it. I believe it with all my heart. Turn to your neighbor and say, I believe it. Jesus said, the things that I do, even greater things you will do. We are living in the last days and God has put his finger on America and said, I'm going to use you because you chose me. That's the way this nation was birthed, is it was a people that ran away from bondage to receive and to walk in religious freedom. And that's what we're walking in, amen? Just, just receive it. God's in this place, amen? It is powerful. You know, I love everything that happens in this church. This church, this church is my home. <laughs> this church is my home. And coming from Russia and living there for 25 years and being able to say with confidence, God bless America. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I love Tulsa. I love America. I love what God is doing. There has been a miracle that has happened in my heart because honestly, when I moved here, it was purely by obedience. And I was like, God, only because you said, I love my past. I love everything in my past. I love Moscow. I love the 22 million people. I love the cafes are open till 3 a.m. I love this. I love it, love it, love it, love it. But then, but then I come here. And God begins to align things. <laughs> God begins to align things. Turn your neighbor and say, he's aligning you. And I remember the day where I flew back in from Russia. And it was weird because I didn't feel home in Russia because I'd been living here for like six months. And then I flew into Dallas and I didn't feel like it was home. So I'm like, I'm just a citizen of heaven. That's all I am. And I was like, what is going on? And my wife says to me, I feel so home. And I'm like, great. My wife is more spiritual than I am. She's got it. I don't got it. What's happening? And I remember this moment. And it still touches me to this day. I remember when I got in the car. And we were driving from Dallas to Oklahoma. And as soon as we passed the border, it hit me. I'm home. And every restaurant on 71st Street that I did not like, I was like, I love that place. Oh my gosh, that looks so original. That's so awesome. That's, honey, let's go eat. Let's go. You don't like that place. I love this place. And so I can truly say, God bless America. And everybody say it one more time. God bless America. And another reason why I love this church and I love this family is because nothing is forced from the pulpit. What do I mean by that? Alex, who just got up here, he didn't go home and force himself to learn about the history of America. The history of America lives on the inside of him all the time. I mean, it's on the inside of it, it just flows. It's just the overflow. Kenneth Hagin talked about that. He talked about, you know, studying is great, but we operate in the overflow. You study and then you go into the overflow. You study and then you go into the overflow. And then you let God direct your paths. 
Pastor Mary and Gary, they got up here and they spoke from their heart. Nothing was forced. And the reason I'm saying that is because everything in this message tonight came from prayer at 12 o'clock for the nation. Spontaneously. Just a little gem from the Spirit. Every time, every time that I've had the awesome opportunity of, of leading prayer at 12 o'clock for, for, the, for the nation. And I want to just give a big hand to Andrell. She's doing an awesome job. She's doing an awesome job. More and more people are leading because this place, this place is built on prayer. Prayer sustains this nation. Even President Trump said this nation is sustained by prayer. Amen? It is sustained by prayer. So everything in this message came through the spirit of prayer. And uh, I want you to open up with me Isaiah 44, verse 2. And I'm reading the New Living Translation. It says, the Lord who made you. Now, Isaiah has blown up for me. I used to not like this book. But God has a way of changing things. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, God has a way of changing things. He's like, how can you say that? I didn't understand it. I didn't understand it was all about Israel. And I didn't understand the prophetic, the prophetic unction that is in this book. I just didn't get it. I didn't get it at all. But things begin to change and things begin to align. And then the Bible comes alive. And things that you didn't understand, you now begin to understand. You're like, whoa, this is legit. This is amazing. This is anointing. This is so powerful. This is for me. And so it starts out and it says, the Lord who made you. And when you read that you or you hear Jacob or you hear Israel in this, in this message today, it's fourfold. So what it is, is it's you, it's the nation, it's America and it's the nations because everything in Isaiah is not just about Israel because in the New Testament when Peter saw that vision and the Lord said eat it's for everybody now it's not just for Israel it's all-inclusive everybody get in because the blessing is for everyone so when you see the name Israel in the Bible yes it is for Israel yes we're supposed to pray for for the for the nation of Israel Amen. <laughs> We're supposed to pray for the nation of Israel. And I need to get into the microphone. There we go. <laughs> so every time you pray for the nation of Israel, we're told to pray for the nation of Israel, right? But when it says you, I want you to see yourself in there. When it says you, I want you to see America in there. When it says you, I want you to see Tulsa in there. When it says you, I want you to see the nations. And what it says is, the Lord made you. The Lord made you. We've already said that this nation has been built on the principles of our almighty God, amen. But the Lord made this country. The Lord made you. 
Again, that's, that's fourfold. The Lord made you. The Lord has a plan. And it says this, and it says, the Lord made you and helps you. It says, do not be afraid, O Jacob, my servant. O dear Israel, my chosen one. America has been chosen for such a time as this. Now, when I lived in Russia, um, honestly, a lot of ministers in Russia and people who I well respect said, Philip, it's all bad for America. It's all bad for America. It's doom. It's gloom. Go anywhere, but don't go to America. And everybody was telling me this. And I'm like, that just doesn't make sense. I'm sorry. That doesn't make sense. And people would say, there's no hope for America. And I go, like, I'd look at him like, what planet are you from? I mean, come on, what, what are you talking about? Because you can't be a nation that sows missionaries for 200 years to the whole world and not reap a harvest. The greatest harvest of America is in my day. It is happening right now. God does not turn off the revival switch for America. And I'd look at him and say, you know what? You can't do that and God not bless you because the Bible says you reap what you sow. Therefore, if you sow revival, then you're going to reap revival and you're going to reap revival big time. You're going to reap it big time. The greatest days of America are right in front of us. The greatest days of your life are right in front of us. The greatest days of your dream and your destiny are right in front of you. It's just around the corner. And all we have to do is we have to stand on the word of God and walk in dominion and say, I take it in the name of Jesus. I take it in the name of Jesus. And Alex said, as long as there's a people that pray, I'm going to say that again, as long as there's a people that pray, there is hope for America. And America has praying people. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Um, America has praying people. Praying people. People that are pouring out their hearts for America. So the greatest days of America are right in front of us. Amen. The greatest days of America are right in front of us. My chosen one, for I will pour out water to, to quench your thirst and irrigate your parched fields. And I will pour out my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your children. You know, Pastor Paul said something Sunday night that was so powerful. And he talked about how there's a new breed from an old seed. Did you guys catch that? Let's say that together. There's a new breed from an old seed. In other words, there is a foundation that God is working with and he's not changing the foundation. He's not changing the foundation of the way he does things. But the revival that happened yesterday is not going to happen the same way today. God is continually creating new ways to bless you. Oh, somebody should have got that. All right. God is continually creating new ways to bless you, continually creating new ways to evangelize, continually pouring out his, his spirit on all flesh, all flesh. Now, there's a difference in Joel when it talks about, I will pour out my spirit. And if you quote Joel, it says, I will pour out my spirit on Israel. That's what it says in Joel. 
but there's a slight difference in Acts chapter 2 because it says that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Say it with me. All flesh. That means every single nation. That means America. That means the nation that has been praying, seeking the Lord, and sending out missionaries for 200 years is going to reap a great, great harvest because my God is not a liar. My God stays strong and stays true to his word. And you are a part of that because you live in America. You can make a choice to be part of that. Or you can make a choice to just watch. Because the next part of this, this verse is very revealing, honestly. It says, your descendants and my blessing will be on your children. But then it says, they will thrive like watered grass, like willows on a riverbank. Watered grass. You know, honestly, for my whole life, I've shuffled snow. So grass has been my enemy. <laughs> You're like, what does this have to do with America? <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm used to minus 25. Here it's 90. All right. And so, so I'm not used to grass. And I can even remember when we did have grass in, in Russia. My dad said, mow the lawn. And my dad said, everything you see, mow it. If it's sticking out of the ground, mow it. And I go, Yes, sir. I'll mow it. I'll take care of it. And I saw this little tree <laughs> sticking out of the ground, and I thought, Dad said everything. <laughs> and my brother comes about two weeks later and says, Philip, where's the blue spruce that was given for Dad's 50th anniversary? <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> Dad said mow everything, and I am honoring to Dad's word. So, I mean, so long story short, it's not there anymore. Um, but I've never been good with grass. And so working with grass here in Oklahoma has been a nightmare for me. And, uh, and I was mowing the lawn and I'm mowing it wrong. And it's too, you know, it's, it's messed up learning how to trim it and all this stuff. And, and so I mowed it about two days ago and something that I thought was a catastrophe is I mowed it way too short and it turns all brown. So you have these beautiful yards, they're all green and my brown house. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, no. And I even mowed too far into my neighbor's yard. And so that, so I had to, had to work on that one, but so I went to my neighbor and I said, so I'm so sorry. I, I kind of got into your yard and did a little Yui and it, it looks interesting. And uh, he, he said, Phil, no problem. No problem. Because I want to mow it down that far anyway. You actually did me a favor. And I'm like, why? He says, because when you mow all the grass and it's all bare, then the water comes and the new grass begins to grow. And he said, so what you did with your grass was actually great because I'm going to do it next week. So you saved me some time. And I went, okay. And I just started thinking about grass. Weeds kill grass, right? So you can make a decision to grow. 
and let God cultivate you. Or you can make a decision to let the weeds of the life of life just kind of ruin you. You gotta take care of the weeds. You gotta throw that stuff on the grass. <laughs> Get rid of the weeds, and then you have a great lawn, right? The Bible says that we'll be like watered grass. Everybody say amen. I'm like watered grass. And when watered gra grass is watered, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's like, wow, that's all green. That's not brown like Philip's yelling. But, but you look at that. And so you can make a choice to be a part of the, the revival. Or you can make a choice to be a spectator. And I'll tell you something, just because you go to millennial doesn't mean that you're going to be a part of the revival. Because you can sit in this church and be a spectator of what God does and just go, hmm, that's interesting. Or you can walk in that authority outside, which is what the next part of the verse says. It talks about different... different levels of faithfulness or different levels of identity. And what it says is, some will proudly say, I belong to the Lord. But let me ask you a question. If you belong to the Lord, does that make you powerful? Does that give you dominion? If you just know that you belong to the Lord? No, nope, doesn't do it, right? It's just knowledge, but no knowledge without activation is not going to do anything, right? So some will say, I belong to the Lord. Others will say, I am a descendant of Jacob. In other words, I'm a Christian. My dad was a Christian. My grandma was a Christian. My great, great grandma was a Christian. Her great, 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 great grandma was a Christian. Yeah, we've been Christians for years and years and years. Just being a Christian doesn't give you authority or dominion. And then it says, and I love this. This is so cool. It says, some will write the Lord's name on their hands. Some will write the Lord's name on their hands and will take the name of Israel as their own. I know that I'm living in a day and I'm living in a church that is not afraid to write the name of the Lord on their hands and carry it wherever they go and say that my identity is not in my family, my identity is not in my church, my identity is in Christ alone. In Christ alone. Come on, lift your hands and just receive that. The, the identity that you carry, it's not in your finances. It's not how much you've accumulated. It's not, it's not even in your nation, but it is in Christ alone because Christ is the solid rock, amen? Christ is the solid rock and everything could change. Everything that you've accumulated through the years, you could lose. You could lose, right? You could go through serious problems in your family. You could go through all of this stuff but when Job lost it all, what it says is he fell down on his knees, he lifted his hands, and he said, I worship you. That's because his identity was not in his family, not only in his family. His identity was not just in his stuff. His identity was in God. 
And when you hold your identity in God, that's when you're able to write your hand, the name of Jesus Christ on your hand. And you will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You will pray for those who are demon possessed and they will be set free. You will preach the gospel on the streets and things will change because we are living in a day where God is doing something new. God is doing, doing something great and I'm calling you out today and I'm telling you, do not be a spectator. Be, be a mighty weapon in the hand of God. Be a mighty weapon in the hand of God. And I'm speaking over this nation that America is not a spectator of what's happened in the rest of the world. America is a part of the greatest revival that we'll ever see. Come on, lift your hands, receive that. America is a part. Because all of those stories of, oh, what happened in Brazil, oh, it happened in Africa, oh, what happened in different India and all that stuff, I'm proclaiming it's happening in America. It's happening in America because we have a praying people that are on their knees, that are praying all the time, that are singing God bless America, a nation that has been built on the principles of God, a president that is going hard after God, and the greatest days of America are ahead of us. We are in the greatest days of America right now. It's a great time to live in the USA. It's a great time. Because I'm declaring over the church that the church is not a spectator. That the church is going to be weapons in the hand of God and they're going to have the name of Christ written on their heart. Written on their heart. And it's going to bring alignment to the body of Christ. Just pray in the spirit with me a little bit. Mondoro bahatiri diri aramu supriya shabrana yaramu sukriya bataramu soramu sukuru. Isaiah forty nine two through three says, "He made my words." And again, when I see this, I see me, but I see America. I see the words and the calling of America strong. Amen. And it says, "He made my words." as judgment, as sharp as a sword. The words that proceed from our president are sharp like a sword. The words that proceed from the church cut where it's supposed to cut. The words of the church of ministers of God divide things the way it's supposed to be divided. The, our words why it's so important for us to speak life because the Bible says that there is life in death and in the power of the tongue. And if you notice in our church, when the anointing really starts to ramp up, it's when we raise our hands and we start crying out to the Lord. And pastor says, use your mouth, use your mouth, open your mouth. Do not be a spectator. Just lift your hands. Just say, God, I love you. God, I adore you. God, you're going to use me because your word is true because you're not a liar because all of your promises are yes and amen and I'm not a spectator I am a partaker of the great work of God 
that he's going to do in America, that he's going to do in Tulsa. And I'm telling you, you're in Tulsa for such a time as this. And I am getting so tired and mad on the inside when people say, why do you live in Tulsa? Man, spiritually, I'm, I'm about to slap them in the face. I mean, I'm sometimes like, because it's the land of the blessing. And they go, oh, I say, yes, yeah, the land of the blessing. Just check out the spiritual heritage. Look at all the revivals that have happened in Tulsa. God's going to do it again. Yeah, God's going to do it again. It's going to be stronger. It's going to be greater, but it's going to be different. It's going to be different. And religion would tell us, do it the way it was done in the 80s. But God is so innovative. He says, I already did it like that. I want to do something that brings even more glory to my name. There you are. I can't do it the way I did it in the 80s. I'm going to do it differently. Because there's a new breed from an old seed. Let's say it together. There's a new breed from an old seed. One more time. There's a new breed from an old seed. One more time. I'm a new breed from an old seed. Again, I'm a new breed from an old seed. And God wants to use us mightily, mightily. And it says, I am like a sharp arrow in his quiver. And he said to me, you are my servant Israel and you will bring me glory. I declare it over America that America is his servant and we will bring glory to God. We will bring glory to him because every day you walk outside and you start praying in tongues, you are bringing glory to God. Every time that you are being moved by the spirit and you feel like I'm not supposed to sleep, I'm supposed to go out and pray for my neighborhood. It's three o'clock in the morning. I need to go pray for my neighborhood. And you're like, I can remember, Lord woke me up. This is about a year ago. This is about a year ago. And uh, he said, Go walk in that neighborhood that's about, I don't know, three minutes from your house. Three minutes away. And I said, okay. And so I went in that neighborhood. I just started praying for that neighborhood all over. Just praying, praying, praying. I'll be looking at the houses and praying, blessing the people in the neighborhood. And then my, my tongue's turned into like war. And I'm like, what is going on? What is going on in this neighborhood? And then I got to the very end of the neighborhood. This is about three o'clock in the morning. I got to the very end of the neighborhood. And the Lord had me stop at this one house. And I looked at the house and I began to travail in the spirit. Just crying out for that house. Crying out for those who live in that house. And I'm like, what is going on? Something's going on in that house. A year later goes by. And I get in my Uber. I get in my car. And I start picking up the drunks and preaching to them. And they start getting saved and healed and all this stuff. If anybody doesn't know, that's what I do on Friday nights. <laughs> Chad helps me a lot. Chad. He's getting people saved through the night too. So praise the Lord. I'm telling you, there's new innovative ways to preach to people. 
And the time where the world comes to the church is over because it's time for the church to go to the world. Come on, shout out. It's time for the church to go to the world. And it's been so deep in my heart. The world parties while the church sleeps. So I implore you by the Spirit of God, go out at 3 o'clock in, in the morning and pray for your neighborhood. If God wakes you up and it says go outside and you begin tra travailing over a house, do it. Because God wants to stop satanic, satanic activity. And so I'm Ubering and I stop at the house that I travailed over a year ago. And I go, what is going on? I remembered that house. I remembered that night. And this guy comes out. And I said, man, I'll just be honest with you. I'm a Christian. I pray. A year ago, the Lord told me to go into this neighborhood. It was the middle of the night. And I prayed over that house. What happened in that house a year ago? And he said, Philip, a year ago, that house was seriously doing some drugs. And the police came and they stopped it because if they didn't stop it, they would be dead by now. He said, they're currently in prison right now, the people that were doing the drugs. And I thought to myself, that's the mercy of God. It's the mercy of God. It's the mercy of God. You guys hearing this, it's the mercy of God. When God wakes you up in the middle of the night, it's because the mercy of God is being activated on the inside of you. And it's what the prophet said. He said, it's like fire shut up in my bones and I can't ignore it, I can't deny it, and it causes me to take action. It causes me to take action. In fact, in the Bible, when it says that Jesus had compassion on them, compassion, in the Greek, the word compassion, excuse me for being real with you, but comes from the word bowel movement. And I don't mean to be rude in any way, but when you gotta go, you gotta go, <laughs> right? There's something on the inside of you that compels you to take action. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you got it. <laughs> take action. There's something on the inside of you that will compel you to be a partaker of the glory of God that's going to hit this city like never before. The boy who got into my car was a Baptist. But by the end of our conversation, he was a spirit-filled believer. <laughs> he was He's like, what's happened to me? What is going on with me? It started a year ago with just a tiny voice in the night. Go pray in the neighborhood. Our pastor does this. He wakes up in the middle of the night and just goes and prays because the Spirit of God is on the inside of him and tells him to take action. Amen.
just lift your hands up right now. God, I declare over Tulsa that Tulsa will not be a spectator of what's happening around the rest of the world. Tulsa will be partakers. The people in Persa, in Tulsa, the church of Tulsa will arise. America will arise and become partakers of the glory of God that will be manifested in the last days. In the last of the last days, the greatest miracles, the greatest times are right in front of us. And the power is on the inside of you because you're not just a partaker. You're not just somebody who knows about God. You're not somebody who, whose parents were saved and their parents were saved and so on and so on. You have the name of Christ written on your heart. And wherever you go, you take the word of God. Morosa payara ma inda burobose kilara mayara. Morobo kumbrebe diara mo supredi yara mo surida maya. Morosa kaleri yara mo supredi diara mo sore malana maya. Morava arodo dugunara ma sapra arama samanama. And America will bring God glory. Say it with me, America will bring God glory. One more time, America will bring. God glory. One more time. America will bring God glory. It's happening, guys. It's happening. It's happening. And I want to be very honoring of the prayer ministry and people who come to prayer for the hub, prayer for the nation. You're partakers of God's glory. You're fighting. You're fighting for the nation. You're fighting for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the great I am, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end and everything in between. I just heard somebody say, yeah, the beginning was good. Maybe the end will what's happening right now I just said that he is everything in between seek him with all your heart seek him with all your heart Isaiah 55 Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Now, this is so interesting. Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink, even if you have no money. In other words, what God is saying, if you don't know how to get there, I am the means to get there. I am the way, the truth, and the life. The way the truth and the life 
the way that you get there is through Jesus. The way that you get there is through a relationship that is real. Come, take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Everything in the Word of God is free. It's already been paid for on the cross 2,000 years ago. He paid the ultimate price. So all you have to do is you have to walk in that dominion that he's already given you. Because you've got the name of Christ written on your heart. And your identity is not in your church. It's not in your family. It is in Christ alone. And because all of that, you have authority. And I, I love the rest of this. It says, why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Why pay for food that does not do you, that does you no good? In other words, spend your energy on things that are eternal. Amen? Come to prayer. Because it's going to do you better than if you went to lunch. Give in the offering. Because it's going to do you better than if you go buy yourself some clothes that you don't need. That you're going to give away in six months anyway. So, it's changing the way we think. Because the Bible goes against our logic all the time. The world says accumulate, accumulate, accumulate. It's the way to success. God says give away, give away, give away, and I'll bless you. <laughs> it's a paradigm shift. It's a change in thinking. Listen to me and you will eat what is good and you will enjoy the finest food. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen and you will find life. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. Just lift your hands all this place. That says I will make. He already made it on the cross. He already made it on the cross for you and he made it on the cross for this nation. The spirit of prayer is in this place. Rota Maya, Rota Maya, Rota Maya, Rota Maya, Rota Maya, Rosiki Larama Sabrede, Ah Rodekima Robokurite, Ah Robakimaya Rabatinirida, Ah Rama Sukrima Liaramo Sukrida, Ah Ramalariara Maganriara Mogudriara Bogodriara Bogodriara Bokurada, Abrosta Mayaro, Abrosta Maleriaro. It says, I will give you an unfailing love as I promised to David. An unfailing love. It's something that pastor said recently. He said, if you pray and you pray and you truly travail in the Holy Spirit, then you will have a love for the world that is uncontrollable. And Kenneth Hagin said this, this is so powerful. Is says, the secret of a successful apostolic ministry is full of faith, full of power, using the divinely given instruments of soul travail and divine compassion. And this is what it says, intercessory prayer will make you irresistible. Turn to your neighbor and say, I am irresistible because I know how to pray. Irresistible. The world will look at you like, who are you? 
What do you carry on the inside? Why is there a presence coming from you that is different from where I just was? It's because you're irresistible in the spirit. And let me tell you something. Because America is praying, America is irresistible. And the move of God, come on, lift up a shout. The move of God in America is happening stronger than it ever has. And it's going to be strong. And he is going to be you. He's going to be using you. You're not going to be a spectator. You're going to be partaker of the greatest move of God that we've ever seen. Because we are living in the last days. Jesus said you will see even more. You will see even more. Let's pray. Supresda, let's stand on our feet. Let's stand on our feet for our nation and let's pray. Yambroto Kimaya, Afroste Liriaro, Maroste Veriaro, Bocombresta, Ambro Periamoso Kiriama, Abro Bosokere, Abro Bosokere, Abro Seriamaro, Arama Sekira, Raso Croto, Abroste Meriambra, Abro Seriama Ramosore. A mighty fortress is our God. Lift your hands with me all over this place and say, A mighty fortress is our God. One more time, a mighty fortress is our God. One more time, a mighty fortress is our God. We are living in the land of a free because He has made us free on the cross. He has given us power on the cross to have dominion, to speak to things and they have to listen, to curse things and they have to change, to uproot things.
grab the hand of your neighbor and lift it up to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Begin to pray in the Spirit. Pastore Miriamo su credi ama Pastore Store 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 It's not by might nor by power but it's by his spirit Moro to Kelaya Sareta Patoro 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 Rosse mi ama Morosse riama si crieta Pastore Maleniamo su We will set our eyes on you. We will set our eyes on you. We will set our eyes on you. Not the economy, not politics. We set our eyes on Him because our identity is in Him. nation and he's going to use you he's going to use you you're here in America and you're here in Tulsa for such a time as this the time is now not yesterday the time is now on this 